Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Good Faith Idea Exchange. For today's episode, this is the third and final part of my conversation with Chris Clues. Here we're talking more about cinema and, um, you know, the rise of Marvel and uh, Hollywood's present obsession with hard and soft reboots and a lot more. So give it a listen. Yeah, so I think initially, look, that's another massive universe. Uh, There's just an unlimited amount of um, content when it comes to Marvel and DC. Uh, You just, they could literally just use those two universes and probably make half of the movies. Um, I, I wouldn't want that, but it's certainly possible because it's such a huge universe. And I think that, um, the, I think part of it was that the special effects were there now where you could actually tell these stories in a way that they deserve to be told because after all, they are really the, the stories. I mean, some of the stories are like Iron Man and Batman have really interesting backstories, but I think the special effects getting to a point where you could actually tell these stories and really put, put the, the action and the worlds on the screen in a way that was believable, or at least, you know, we suspend belief, of course, when we go to the movie theater, but believable in the sense that you're like watching this superhero do these things. I think that was a big part of it that they could actually tell those stories in a way that looked not real, but, um, where the special effects could keep up with the really great stories that these comic books and these, these comic book characters told. So I think that was number one. I think number two was that for a long time, it was just what Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, we had Wonder Woman TV show. There was this, there were all these other great comic book characters and superheroes out there that their stories hadn't been told yet on the big screen. And they were really popular ones. It's just, they kept going back to the well, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man. This is before, all the new ones, of course. And so now you had all these stories being told of Iron Man and um, uh, Aquaman. And now you have, you know, most recently Black Panther. And then, of course, you go Guardians of the Galaxy, which is my favorite, and Deadpool. They, they weren't even popular. They were bottom of the barrel, so to speak, in terms of sales. But what great stories they tell us. And so I think they just realized there was a big opportunity here to, you know, make a lot of money and tell these stories in a great way. Now, I will say that it is getting a little, I feel like it's getting a little overdone. I, I'm, I, you know, I, I love Guardians. I love Deadpool, but I'm not really interested in anything else at this point, if I'm being honest in terms of Marvel and DC. I just, just not. I just, I think it's, there's so many of them out there now. And, you know, Martin Scorsese, uh, he was in a New York Times opinion piece. I, I actually quoted quoted this quote in my newest book, and I talk about it when, at keynote speaking gigs as well when we talk about this idea of rehashing uh, ideas and not being creative. And this was in 2019 or 18, I think. And, he, and Martin Scorsese said that that's the nature of modern film franchises, market researched, audience tested, vetted, modified, revetted, and remodified until they're ready for consumption. Another way of putting it would be that they are everything that the films of Paul Thomas Anderson or Claire Denis or Spike Lee or Ari Aster or Catherine Bigelow or Wes Anderson are not. And he was Ooh. talking about the Marvel and DC and the comic book stuff because he just felt like the creativity is being lost. We aren't telling great stories anymore. Um, 
And I think when you talked, we talked earlier about 80s pop culture and why it's so popular even today. They're remaking these movies from the 80s because they were telling great stories. And right. they, I talk about how it was the last decade where the 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 pop culture consumer, you you and me, we got to decide. They would create things and say, "Do you like this?" And we would say, "Yeah, we like it." And they'd make more of it. I.e., Star Wars, Rocky, Lethal Weapon. You know, if we're talking about movie series, Indiana Jones, the music. We talked about the music. Do you like this? We'll make more of it. And if we didn't like it, they're like, "Okay." But now it's almost like they spend so much money up front to create this product that they're going to hammer us over the head until we like it, even if it's not very good. And I think we've come to that point now where I'm hoping that we get back to better storytelling and that the special effects are nice and they're great and they're important to have for certain movies, but ultimately like it's the story and it's the characters that are going to bring us back. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, that that's, that's so true to me. Um, I, I totally agree. And really, um, you know, I think there's a reason that, you know, you, you, you keep seeing today them kind of going back to the eighties, you know, to the eighties. I mean, the seventies too, sometimes, but I think especially, you know, going back to the eighties, like you think about, you know, Rocky and all the success that, you know, those, a lot of those movies had during the eighties. And, you know, now you look at Creed and you look at the success that, um, that franchise, you know, which is basically a spinoff set in, you know, that reality, um, the, the, the success that that's had, you look, you know, you look, you just talked about Highlander, it's, it's about to be remade. Um, so, you know, either they're rebooting something, you know, that, that was big before, or, um, you know, or they're um, kind of doing like a soft reboot where, you know, like Star Wars: The Force Awakens, they 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 take a new cast and they put that new cast in kind of a similar story that was already sort of told in the in the late seventies or in the early eighties, and um, you know, bring in the 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 old original cast for more for nostalgia's sake and you know that kind of thing. And um, you know, like you just said, with you know telling these stories, I think um, you know a, a lot of that substance was um frankly a lot of that was had during the 80s like you were saying yeah and i think they're making you know the mistake if i was if i could advise you know the people in hollywood and i'm sure they know better than i do but i would say there's so much that you can go remake from the 80s that doesn't involve franchises or characters that people loved so much that they're not going to believe that this actor, this actress is now that particular character. There's a there are a lot of great underrated 80s movies that are waiting to be remade that for whatever reason weren't overly successful in the 80s, but they're great stories, they're great characters, and they're waiting to be remade. Or they had mediocre success and they're just right there for them. Instead, what they're doing is they're going to these movies that we loved in the 80s. And not only that, but they're trying to pass off actors or actresses as characters that are beloved and can't be anybody else. I'll give you an example. Like I, you know, Clark Griswold will always be Chevy Chase. It can't be anybody else. I think it was Ed Helms that might've played, was it Ed Helms that played him in vacation? I mean, he was supposed to play, he's supposed to be like rusty grown up, but he was really a Clark Griswold character. You're not going to get people to watch those movies and be excited about them. If you're trying to convince them that these, these, 
kind of immortal characters are now being played by somebody different. Beverly Hills Cop 4 is coming out in the fall. Netflix produced it. Axel Foley is Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is playing Axel Foley exactly as it should be. And when Eddie Murphy can't play Axel Foley anymore, Axel Foley dies. You can't grab Kevin Hart, who I love, but and and no matter how great he could be at Axel Foley, he's not Axel Foley. They have to really stop, in my opinion, taking these movies and characters that we loved and trying to remake them. There's plenty of stuff to go to um, that could be successful without it. Yeah, and then hitting people over the head with it to try to try and you know beat you down with with these characters until you like them. Yeah, it just doesn't work. I mean, they're they're remaking Roadhouse right now. I'm a huge Patrick Swayze fan. I really get upset when they remake Patrick Swayze movies because I just think that they should just leave them where they were. And if you really love the movie that much, just re-release it, the original. Um, That doesn't cost any marketing dollars. So Jake Gyllenhaal is going to play Dalton that was Patrick Swayze's character in Roadhouse, the bouncer. And I I just – I don't know. Like I like Jake Gyllenhaal, but – to me, nobody can beat Dalton except for Patrick Swayze. So we'll see. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you know, Chris, this has been um, this has been really great. So, are there any parting words um, that you know you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I would say you know, um, first of all, thank you for having me and for um, all of you who are listening. I hope you had a good time. You learned a little bit about uh, what eighties pop culture can teach us. Um, I look at it from a very unique and different perspective. We can talk eighties pop culture all day long. I love talking about it, but when we really dive into eighties pop culture, there's so many lessons within these movies and believe it or not, Jeff Spicoli from fast times, Ridgemont high can teach us really valuable lessons about workplace culture. He really truly can. And so one of the things that I say is that some of the best lessons for our life and work are going to come from the most unexpected of places and people. And that's going to be throughout your life. You're going to be in positions where you're, you know, wired to learn. You walk into a classroom, you've, you know, you, you got your laptop in front of you, you're taking notes, whatever. You're wired to learn. And in that, in that particular situation, you will learn. However, I think you learn more and you retain, most importantly, you retain more when you learn something from someone or some place that's unexpected. And that's 80s pop culture. It really does. It is an unexpected place to learn things from. We don't expect it. We just want to be entertained. And that's great. But when we dive deeper into these movies like I do in, in my in my three books, we dive deeper into those into the to the movies, we start to learn about what they can actually teach us. And one that I would leave people with is from Ferris Bueller, Life Moves Pretty Fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you can miss it. And that's a real thing. I'm 52 years old, almost 53. I can tell you it moves fast. And uh, you got to stop to look around once in a while. That's so true. Yeah. I I think a lot of people are learning that uh, the hard way these days. Um, So you mentioned your, um, so you've mentioned your, your three books a couple of times. Can you, um, you know, could you just tell us um, a little, like a little bit more about these books? Like what, um, you know, what are the titles of these books? Um, where can you find them? That sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. So I have three books, uh, in my series and, um, you can find them all on Amazon. Some of them are also in uh, bookstores, Barnes and Noble, I'm not sure, but I know independent bookstores and, um, well, pretty much anywhere you buy books, both in paperback and in, um, 
uh, Kindle as well on Amazon. And also you can get it, you can get any of them in digital format of, off of Apple, Google, etc. So the first two were what 80s pop culture teaches us about today's workplace. And each of them, I took 10 80s movies and found the lessons for work, for our workplace culture. And then the third one, the most recent one that came out late September is called Raised on the 80s. And that one's 30-plus unexpected life lessons from the movies and music that define pop culture's most excellent decade. That one's much more focused on life lessons. It actually includes some great lessons from Prince, the musician Prince. Really, really phenomenal lessons from him. They all fall under the ultimate series on essential work and life lessons from 80s pop culture. That's the, the series, the, 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 the book series name. So all three of those are available. Uh the and then I also have I don't know if you want to talk about my my website other stuff as well. Sure, yeah, um, I'd love yeah. So uh, yes, yeah, so you can find a lot of information about me on my website chrisclues.com, c h r i s c l e w s dot com. That's where you can get more information on my speaking. So if you're looking to hire me for keynote speaking, uh, you can find a lot more information from me there. There's also uh, multiple ways to contact me through. My website, I did most recently speak to Penn Medicine, which was really cool. It was the second time I did that. I bring the IQ about down about 70 points in that room, but they, they enjoy the lessons as well. So I'm out and about quite a bit, and maybe you've seen me speak, maybe you haven't, but I can assure you that um, everybody will have an, a totally awesome time when you hire me to speak, and whoever hires me to speak, my number one goal is to make them look like a rock star to the audience, to the sponsors, to their management, to everybody uh, that is there. That is my number one priority is to make you look like a rock star when you hire me. I'm also on uh, social media. So I'm at 80s Pop Culture on Twitter. Uh, I can't believe at 80s Pop Culture was available. Um, Chris Clues 80s on Instagram and uh, Chris Clues LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, also Chris Clues speaker, author on YouTube. And I just started a Substack. So I have a substack called Raised on the 80s. Um, I have two articles on, on substack now. I'll be doing uh, a newsletter every single week. So if you want to subscribe there at Raised on the 80s on substack, um, that would be totally awesome. All right. Wow. Okay. That is, um, that is very, that's, that's quite a bit. You are, you are out there. You were out there everywhere. All right. Um, are there any other special initiatives that you have underway that, you know, you wanted to mention? Yeah. So, um, beyond, beyond the speaking and the books and all the other stuff that I'm doing around this, this content, something that's near and dear to my heart is animal rescue. Um, I've grew up in a family that, that rescued all of our dogs and cats. Um, and there were a lot of them. And so I actually have, um, my rescue pit mix at my feet right now. His name is Bodie. I call him Bodie boy. He's named after Patrick Swayze's character in Point Break, not an 80s movie, but a great movie nonetheless. Uh, and um, he started on the street, three months old, was basically dead on the sidewalk, paralyzed, couldn't walk, couldn't go to the bathroom, had bugs all over him, and he was dying. And uh, some some cops scooped, scooped him up and found him, scooped him up and took him to a rescue that I follow. And uh, they got him back on his feet, and then I I got him at six months. I've had him for almost three years now. He's my best friend. He's gotten me through a lot of stuff, and uh, uh, you know they say who rescued who who rescued who, who when uh, when they talk about uh, rescue animals, and it's absolutely true. So I donate a portion of the proceeds from my book sales and my speaking gigs to Wonder Paul's Rescue, which is a rescue that saved Bodie. Um, that's how important it is to me. Uh, 
in the movie Dead Poet Society, Robin Williams' character, John Keating, the teacher, says, no matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. And they actually can change the world. We all can do it in the palm of our hand. We, have the, we can get our words and ideas out to the world. Uh, but that's talking the talk. You've got to walk the walk as well. What's the action that you're willing to take to make a difference? And like I said, for me, that's animal rescue. And it's you know walking the walk by having a rescue myself and always having rescues and promoting and advocating for rescue as much as I possibly can, especially with bully breeds because they need it so much. And uh, donating a portion of the proceeds of my book sales and speaking gigs to uh, Wonder Paul's Rescue. Wow. All right. That is... Um, that's definitely a noble pursuit. Um, I had no idea. Um, okay, well, Chris, um, I want to I want to thank you so much. Um, you know, that's pretty much all I had for you today. But um, you know, just thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me. Um, yeah, I know it's you know pretty late and everything. Um, so just thank you again. This was um, this has been really good. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Tyrone. As I said, it's. You know, it's uh, guys like you and, and gals out there as well that are having these have these independent podcasts that give give me and others a voice. And so I truly, truly appreciate it. All right. And that concludes my conversation with Chris Clues. I hope you guys enjoyed it and I hope you guys got something out of it. Um, like I mentioned before, he has a very interesting perspective uh, on 80s pop culture and um you know, what we can learn in both our personal lives and our professional lives and how it can impact us in both of those ways. So um, if you'd like to learn more about him, there will be links to more information in the show notes. And um, definitely check out his books. Anyway, that's pretty much it for me. So have a great day, everyone.